Amen. Thank you, Lynette. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're well. Um, thank you for joining in and um, logging in with us this morning. Um, just to say, uh, we need to be having slight technical issues with um, our broadband. So if, for whatever reason, you can't uh, hear or there's a disconnection, do uh, let me know. Put something in the chat and then I'll try and sort it out. But um, I hope you, everybody's well. Um, again, thank you for joining us, all our guests and our, our usual visitors. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, I want to share a word with you uh, this morning, which I'm entitled Submitting Your Thoughts to God. But I want to pray first and just ask the Lord to help us before we go into this word. So just uh, join me in prayer as I pray. Father, we thank you for another day in your presence. Father, we ask, our oh God, that Lord, that you will continue to speak to us this morning. Father, draw us closer to you. We thank you, O oh God, that the entrance of your word brings light. And I pray, O oh God, that this morning that you will use me, O oh God, to bring light to your people through your word. Help us, O oh God, to hear, to understand, and to receive, O oh God, this word, that you will draw us closer to you and cause us, O oh God, to allow our thoughts to be submitted to you. So we give you thanks and praise this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the word, as I said before, is called submit your thoughts to God. Now, a few months back, I um, spoke on a topic called um, the, secret, the secret place, if you recall. But there, there's another secret place that every one of us has and uses on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is your thoughts. So, yes, so I, I mentioned about um, the secret place. So a few months back, I, I spoke about the secret places, um, a word I was sharing on previously. And I said that uh, the secret place, obviously the place where you go away, spend time with the Lord, but there's another secret place I want to mention this morning. And those are your thoughts. Now your thoughts generally control what you do. This means that every one of our thoughts are of utmost importance to our lives. Now, according to scientists, apparently we, we think or we, we have a, between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thoughts. And of those 70 or 1,000 thoughts or so, they are made up of good thoughts as well as bad thoughts or positive thoughts as well as negative thoughts. And my question to you is, how many of those thoughts that you have, these 70 or 1,000 thoughts per day, how many of those thoughts do you actually act upon, especially the negative ones? Now, Proverbs 12 verse 5 says, the thoughts of the righteous are right. You know, a, a righteous person is someone who is a child of God, who submitted to God and deliberately involves the Lord in their lives and the things that they do. Now see, all this talk about your mind, you have to remember this, that your mind can work for you as well as against you. When it works for you, it helps you to stay positive, it helps you to reach your goals, it helps you to enjoy life on a day-to-day -day basis, which is great. But see, when your mind works against you or your thoughts works against you, it can make you negative, it can make you discouraged, it can hold you back. It can cause you to think thoughts that result in self-damage. In other words, you can think about things concerning you and your life that causes damage to you on a personal level. I see, one of the greatest revelations that I've kind of encountered through kind of looking into this word is that every one of us can choose their own thoughts and think things on purpose. In other words, 
you don't have to just think about whatever comes in your mind and dwell in it and, and meditate on it and allow that to take over you. But you can take control of your thoughts. You can think your own thoughts. The Bible says this in, um, in Proverbs 23, 7. And it's so true that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or you can say it like this. Where the mind goes, the person follows. Because that's generally how it works. You know, I, I remember um, I watched this documentary um, from this guy. I'm sure many of you have seen this. Uh, Piers Morgan, he does these um, life story um, episodes. And he did one on um, this famous uh, um, actress, uh, Pamela Anderson. Um, he was a um, star of uh, Baywatch, this famous sitcom from, um, from America in the 90s or so. And some of you may not know, some of you may know, may know who she is, but a very famous woman at the time, uh, Baywatch was like a really popular program uh, in the 90s or so. Um, and um, apparently she was saying about how there was a, she, there was a person that was living in, in her basement for five or six months without her being aware. This person had in their mind that they were her husband. So they somehow managed to get into her house into a basement, set up home in her basement. In the person's mind, they were married to Pamela Anderson, but secretly by themselves in the basement. But that's how powerful the mind can be. And that's an example of how when your mind can be negative, but it, it becomes a reality. So to that person, their reality was that they were married to a Pamela Anderson, living in their basement, because their mind controlled them in a sense and caused them to, to have a false sense of reality. And as I said before, when the mind goes, the person follows. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your mind and your thoughts are of extreme importance because they have so much influence and control in your life, in my life, and in all our lives. I see God is so concerned and interested about what I call the hidden, the hidden man of the heart, which is our inner life. Again, our thoughts. And our inner life is our thought life, what we think about, what we internalize, the things on our mind. And God is extremely interested in those things. He wants to know what goes on in your head, primarily because he loves you, he cares for you, he cares for your well-being, but also because God knows how powerful your thoughts are. He knows how powerful your mind is because he created us. That is why God is so interested in what is happening in your mind and in your head. You know, sometimes as human beings, the last thing we want to do is communicate the things going on in our head. Somebody may, uh, may ask us how we are about a certain particular area, and we know exactly how we are mentally in our minds about that particular thing. We know how many thoughts that we've been thinking about that particular thing. Because we don't want to, I guess, expose ourselves, we just gloss over it and say, yeah, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine, don't worry about it. God is intently interested about what is happening in our minds, what we internalize in, as I said, our inner life. I said the scripture said that the way we think determines how we live, and to an extent it determines 
who we are. That's why we need to think about what we're thinking about. And let me say that again so you can catch what I said. We need to think about what we are thinking about. It's so important to understand this. If we just, if we allow ourselves to just, as I say, we all have random thoughts. These things come into our mind. Sorry that this message sounds a bit kind of psychological. But every one of us, we have different types of thoughts, random thoughts. But of all these thoughts that I said that we have, 70 or 1,000 a day that we have, there are so many of them that we dwell on and we meditate on that are negative, that are not encouraging. They're not helping us. They're not increasing us in faith. They're not drawing us closer to God. They are doing the opposite. But if we begin to think about the things that we think about, we can then allow ourselves, according to the word, and we're going to go a bit more into it in a minute, to take captive of all these thoughts that are not in line with what God's word says. And it's important that we do so, so that we can have a healthy inner life. You know, this word relates to every single person. So the young people that you're listening to this, you know how it is. You have all these inner thoughts, things at school, things at home. The things that are, are, are negative, bring them before the Lord. Don't just allow yourself to be indulging in these thoughts and thinking about them and, and think, okay, well, it's just how it is. But you can control your thoughts. Your thoughts do not control you. And as we give ourselves more to the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, and as we read God's word, and it's so important about just meditating on God's word and, and memorizing scripture, because when things happen, it's the word of God that we turn to that releases power. And as we speak God's word, and as we are led by God, the Holy Spirit, in order to address whatever situation that we are in, that is where we get our victory. It's not just, it's not from having willpower, so to speak, because willpower will not get you uh, it won't give you ultimate victory it will make headway for you in certain areas definitely but in terms of having uh, uh, total victory over a situation as far as God is concerned we need to be in obedience to the Holy Spirit and to the word of God 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 4 the scripture that I just mentioned before said that we should take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought that we have, God has given us the ability to take it captive. So I said before, think about what you're thinking about. If there's anything that comes into your mind that is not encouraging, it doesn't lift you. It doesn't make you feel positive. Whatever that thought is, Take it captive. It doesn't have to take you captive and cause you to literally just submit yourself to that thought and dwell on it and meditate on it. And then that thought now becomes something else. But you can take it captive. Because the enemy knows that if you can plant negative thoughts in your mind, that eventually that those thoughts will take over you and to an extent, it will destroy you and your life. So we need to learn how to take every thought captive. And we can do that by one of two things. Well, when, when in fact, I'll say this, that when we learn to take every thought captive, 
one of two things happens, and it's this. Number one is this, is that we won't live the life Jesus died to give us. So if we don't learn, sorry, if we don't learn how to take it before captives, one of two things happens. That number one, we won't live the life Jesus died for us to live. We won't do so. And this is a life, as I said previously, a life of peace with God. This is what God, this is how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in peace with him. He wants us to uh, live in peace with each other. He wants us to, to, to receive fulfillment, purpose, and experience in great relationships with one another. He wants us to, to live in joy and ability to, to become all that God wants us or has created us to be, to name but a few. The second thing that happens if we do not learn to take him full captive is that we leave ourselves vulnerable to the influence of Satan and, and the temptations and the deceptions of this world. That's why taking captive every thought is so important because if we do not, and we let the enemy come in and start influencing and doing the things that he wants to do, the end result at times can be catastrophic. You know, I'm sure many of you know this, that in, the, um, in 1994, um, in Rwanda, there was a genocide that took place. Unfortunately, 800,000 odd people from one tribe were killed. And if you go back to how this whole genocide took place, it took place through a group of um, uh, uh, extremists, basically sowing negative uh, uh, thoughts into the minds of their people to turn against uh, their other local people. So there were two uh, tribes, um, famous tribes in Rwanda, uh, the Tutsis and the Hutus. Now the Hutus, for whatever reason, the extremists, decided that they wanted to get rid of the Tutsis. Now these two tribes lived in peace for, for years. But some extremists from the Hutu tribe decided to just subtly throw out negative information about the Tutsis via radio. Now in Africa in those days, radio was like the, the main form of communication. Everybody had a radio. Anything that was this, that was spoken over the radio was almost taken as gospel. So the news would be spoken over the radio. They'll listen to music, there'll be um, public announcements, all these kind of things. So anything spoken over the radio was always taken seriously. But somehow these Hutu extremists, I don't know how they got, they got uh, control over the radio, but over the radio they began to say things like, do not trust the Tutsis. These people will, 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 uh, will do things negative to you. On a day-to-day -day basis, they began to do these things. And just normal, normal Hutus that weren't extremists, that they were hearing these things, over a period of time, they began to believe and, 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 and meditate on what they were saying. To such an extent that it came to a point where they then began to tell them, you know what, begin to kill any Tutsi that you see. And that's how the genocide uh, took, uh, went, took place. And then it, it says apparently in 100 days, 800,000 uh, Tutsis were killed. And this is an example of how a bad thought that we can have, or a sinful thought, if left to grow, can result in death. Scripture says, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin, or the outcome 
of sin is death. Your thoughts are powerful, I'm telling you. And how we meditate and how we think of our thoughts is of extreme importance. So in order for us to take captive every thought, we need to demonstrate having what the scriptures refer to as the mind of Christ, having Christ's mind. And that comes down to simply choosing to believe what God's word, what God's word says about you and about your life, as well as what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. And we do that more so than we believe however our feelings or what we've been told by people or what others say or our circumstances. Your first point of call is that in your mind that you hold on to the word of God. And it's so important. I'll tell you, when things happen around you, if your first point of call is to, is to panic, is to get on the phone and, and, and complain to somebody about what's happened. That is not the best. But if your first point of call is to whatever has happened around you that may be negative or, or something along those lines, is to submit it to God, is to speak to the Lord about it, is to get into God's word and find something in the scriptures that would encourage you based on what is happening, that you that is the best place to be. Because it's in that place where you get direction, you get guidance, and you're allowing the Lord to show you what you need to do in that particular situation. Because the world that we live in, we are subjected to all types of things around us. And it's so important that the children of God that we recognize the, the, the blessing that we have through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. And as we tap, in, we, as we tap into the Holy Spirit daily, we tap into his word daily. We are equipping ourselves to make sure that anything that we face, anything that we are subjected to, that we, and we, as we give those things to God, that God will help us to live in victory. And in line with what I'm talking about, it will help us in our minds to make sure that we are at peace with him and he can direct us in the situation that we are in. You know, I touched on uh, feelings when I spoke about... Um, the mind of Christ. And I'll, I'll, I'll go into that a bit more later on in, in this word. Because your mind, your thoughts, and your feelings also are areas that influence how you live. But I'll, I'll touch on feelings in, 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 in at some point later on. So the Bible specifically talks about three things that we must do to develop a mind that agrees with God or a mind of Christ. And I want to share these things with you right now. So the first thing that the scripture says, or the first thing I want to mention that the scriptures say about how we can develop a mind of Christ is that we should set our minds and keep them set on what is above. In other words, on God. This is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, where it says, set your mind on things that are above. You know, this is one of the key things regarding how to deal with, I would say, crisis situations, as well as resisting the temptations that are all around us on a day-to-day. You know, it's similar to the word that Lynette gave last week about looking to Jesus. Setting our minds on Christ. 
we're looking to him in the situation that we faced, that we're facing. Rather than looking outside of the Lord, we're looking directly to him for his guidance, for his direction. See, so when you make up your mind ahead of time, what you will do, as well as what you won't do, then when any temptation or any crisis may come, what you've done is that you've laid a foundation to make the right choices and also to position yourself to overcome whatever situation that you face. Making up your mind in advance is so important when you do so because you're laying a foundation, as I've said. You know, many, many years ago, I was in a situation where um, I was working at a particular place. Um, the company went into administration and we were going through a series of meetings and stuff like that because the company basically was 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 um, going to be sold to another company, but our jobs were gone. So we were just waiting for, we had to go through the whole process. Um, some administrators came in, we had to meet with them and blah, blah, blah. So it, the, the whole process went, went on for about two months or so. So in that time, we all knew our, our jobs were gone. So we also... I think it was about eight, eight, between eight and 12 members of staff or so. So all of us obviously were in between, were trying to look for work or elsewhere. But fortunately at that time, we were still being paid um, by, by the employer. Anyway, so time went on and um, it came to literally towards the end of um, the last week when it said that the redundancy is officially taking place on a particular day. When it came to that time, every single person that was uh, that was still there at the time, they had all found other jobs. And I was the only one that hadn't found a job at the time. So the rest, when they were coming into the office to do stuff, they, were, they weren't really bothered because they had found other jobs. And I was the only one at the time that hadn't found a job. So internally and mentally, it was a bit challenging. Now, at the same time that all of this was happening, we had an issue with uh, uh, one of our uh, flat that we were um, that we lived in that we were renting out at the time. The tenants decided to disappear, to stop paying their rent. Um, and they left the property. So that particular day that I went into, into, the, um, into the office to deal with the whole um, redundancy situation, they gave me the paperwork to confirm that redundancy was finished. Um, and that obviously I, you know, I don't work there anymore. So the same day I thought also, I'm going to also go down to the flat because I've not been, I hadn't been to the, the flat to check on the whole situation with the tenants. Even though I knew that they had left, I spoke to them on the phone, but I'd not actually been to the, the flat. So there I was, obviously not in a very great mood mentally because officially I had no job. And then I'll make my way to the flat to see what condition that the flat has been left in because obviously I need to uh, sort out the flat get it rented out again all that kind of stuff when i went to the flat the place was in a complete was the, i mean the place was completely trashed they messed the whole place up doors had been removed it was it was just an absolute mess so i remember i remember i was just standing in the flat thinking what this is what a day this is but by his grace i thank god because just as i said before over time i made up my mind that whatever situation that i that may come my way Anything that I may face, I always made up my mind that, listen, 
number one, whatever, no matter what I that comes my way, I know that God will give me the grace to handle it. And number two, I will always choose to trust him in any situation. So I remember sitting there, just looking at the state of this life, thinking, how on earth am I going to sort this place out? I need to apply for work, but I've got this place to sort out. But at that point, I said, Lord, you know, I'll just give this whole thing to you. So I know that you're going to be in control. I leave it. I leave it to you. And by his grace, as time went on, I, 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 the next few days, I went back to the flat. I, I tidied it up, um, etc. Got it ready um, for um, for it to be in a good condition. And then I was able to start applying for work. And by God's grace, over you know, I think probably a few months or a month or so after the whole ordeal. Um, to be fair, everything was sorted out. I found a job elsewhere, the flat situation was sorted out. But the point I'm making was that at the time, I could have been in a position where had I not previously made up my mind that any situation that comes my way, I refuse to allow myself to panic. I refuse to allow myself to, to entertain um, you know, meditate on, on the situation to such an extent that I, I'm, I'm not going to trust God or believe God. I made up my mind that in any situation that comes my way, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what may come my way, but I choose to trust you. And that laid a foundation for me. So even though those things were, were challenging mentally and emotionally, because I laid that foundation, there was a grace and there was a strength that God gave me in order for me to go through it. So I'm saying this to say that, that before you get into any situation, I want to encourage you in the same way. Say these things to yourself. That I will always trust you, Lord. I will always choose to focus on the positive. These are things that I'm encouraging you to say and to declare before God. Lord, I will always trust you in any situation. I will always trust you. These are laying foundations. The same thing can be said for temptations because every one of us are exposed to the temptations of the world as well as our own personal temptations, things that entice us personally that we have to uh, uh, keep under wraps to an extent. So with those kind of temptations, you may need to say things to yourself for example, you say that I refuse to get angry or I refuse to speak when I get angry. And as you're saying it, you're saying it as an act of faith to God. Or you could say, I, I, I refuse to indulge on things that I need to keep uh, track on. So for example, I refuse to indulge maybe on food. I refuse to indulge on, 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 um, on, on drink or of watching too much TV till whatever time in the morning, based on how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Or you can say things such as, you know, some young people in school, you can say that I am not going to hang out with people who are bad influences on me. So by saying these things, and you're not saying them as like some kind of magical spell, but you're saying them as an act of faith to God. As you say them, you are laying a foundation. So young people, when you're in school and you know that there are people that may be popular, that you know, they seem, everybody likes them and etc. 
but you know that they have a bad influence on you, even though that they, they're popular and they, you know, they get the attention, etc. It's like they're, 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 they're a cool person or people to hang around. Deep down, you know they have a bad influence. But when you make declarations such as, I, I refuse to hang out with people who have bad influences on me, that in itself will ensure and help you to make sure that you don't allow yourself to spend time with those type of people. And when you, even when you're tempted to do so because maybe you're, all your friends are, because you lay that foundation of making such a declaration, you find that you'll obey what you said and you'll be the benefit for it by doing so. So making these declarations is of such uh, importance because they are laying foundation. And I said to you before, when you make these declarations, Lord, I trust you, Lord, I put my, my faith in you. I don't look to myself, I look to you. And I say, you're not saying them as a magical spell, but you're saying them as acts of faith before God. And as you are doing so, what it does is that it begins to control this, your mind. So when things happen, Rather than, as I said before, you just entertain any negative thoughts. By doing so, because you're making that declaration, you're beginning now to take captive every thought that comes in. So that those thoughts, that those negative and bad thoughts do not control you, but instead you are in control of them. So important because it lays a foundation in trusting God. You know, I remember our dear brother Ozzy, but if you don't mind me saying this, I remember when Ozzy was doing his ACCA years back. And um, it was a journey that he was on. Remember, he, he had like a, a, a final exam that he was having trouble overcoming. He would sit the exam, he miss it by a few marks. He would sit the exam again, miss it by a few marks. And this went on for a period of time. But I know from speaking to him that he was trusting God and that he kept on trusting God. And even though it was a setback, each time he did the exam, he didn't pass. Because he had laid a foundation of speaking God's word and, and holding on to what he believed God was going to do, he didn't give up. And he kept going on. Till eventually, by his grace, he did the exam and he passed. And he received his ACCA qualification. You see, when we declare and we speak God's word, I'm telling you, it lays a foundation of such that when things come our way, rather than, which is what other people do, when the situation comes, because they see that situation, they think, I can't deal with this. Then they just either conform to it, they give into it, and that situation begins to take over them. But by speaking the word of God, and by declaring his word, by conditioning yourself emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, that in any situation, I will always trust you. I said before, you are laying a foundation. So whatever comes your way, God will give you the grace to deal with it. Doesn't matter how bad it may seem on paper. Doesn't matter how difficult it may seem. God will give you the grace. He will give you the strength. He will give you the wisdom. He will give you everything that you need to address that situation. So my point here is that we don't have to wait until a crisis situation arises or temptation or any form come this way and then we react based on how we feel about it instead right now 
And I mean right now, you can daily renew your mind in line with God's word and in advance of any situation that you may face and lay a foundation of living out the mind of Christ in that situation. Second thing I want to share with regards to how we can have the mind of Christ is in Romans 12 too, the famous scripture that I'm sure many of you know. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. What does that mean? Being conformed to this world means that you are following the things of this world. That you are totally kind of engaged and, and, and uh, I guess, taken over by the things that are in this world, you're, you're totally involved in it, you're connected to it in, 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 in the sense of, of being a human being. The Bible says that we shouldn't be conformed to this world. And I hope I'm not confusing you here, because we live in the world, but as children of God, we are not part of the world. You know, God has created us to live in eternity with him. Obviously, when we die, we, we live in eternity with him. Right? He's placed us in this world in order for us to fulfill God's purposes in uh, part of the Great Commission, sharing his gospel, making disciples, etc. But we are in the world, but we are not part of the world as such. So how the world responds to things is not automatically how we as children of God should respond to things. You know, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's, we see, we all know that there's a second wave potentially around the corner. Local lockdowns have begun to start in, in different localities. And who knows, we, we may be in a lockdown very soon in terms of, you know, where, where you're living right now, your area may be, may be subjected to a lockdown. We don't know. The Bible says that we should not be conformed to the world. The world may say that we need to start taking vaccines as a result of this pandemic. So because we're in the world, does it mean automatically that we should start taking vaccines? It's between you and God. My point here is that we need to allow the Lord to begin to speak to us and remind ourselves that we are not conformed to the world. But we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and it's the holy spirit that renews our minds so again as we yield ourselves to the holy spirit allow the holy spirit to speak to us about our own situation that is when we can we can begin to hear and understand the thing that things that god wants us to do so renewing our minds is an ongoing process it's something that we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis sometimes what i do i say lord you know what just renew my mind concerning the situation I'm in, renew my mind concerning whatever it is that I'm facing, just renew my mind, open my mind, transform my mind, help me to see the things you want me to see in the way that you want me to see it. And again, it goes back to what I said before about studying God's word, being purposeful about uh, uh, looking into God's word and allowing the word of God to give us direction and guidance.
you know, one of the things that is dangerous to do, and I mentioned before, is that it's dangerous to keep any dark areas in our, in our thought life. Because it keeps us from the best that God has for us. You know, when I say dark areas, I'm talking about any areas in our lives and our thought life that are contrary to God's word. So, for example, where in your thought life you want bad things to happen to somebody because they did something bad to you. That's an example of a dark area. Or you believe that uh, for whatever reason that God will not answer your prayers. You may pray and pray for other people, but when it comes to you and your own situation, you just think, no, I don't really think God's going to answer my prayers. Those are dark thoughts. Because the enemy has sowed a seed somewhere to make you think that God will not listen to you. Also, another dark thought or an example of a dark thought is that you, is where you don't believe that God has any real regard for you. God loves everybody else. He cares and has time for everybody else. <clears throat> but when it comes to you, then uh, he's he just there. Those are dark thoughts. God is saying to you this morning that he wants to renew and transform your mind and remove any and every dark thought from your mind in order for you to be in right standing with God. Now, I'm not saying this, that we have to be perfect, but it's by his grace that he helps us with all of these things. But every day we can all make progress in renewing our minds and growing in our walk with God as we conform ourselves to the things of God. Romans 12, 2, as I said, do not, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow God to renew your mind daily. And then God of time, I want to end, I want to stop here, but I want to spend some time in prayer. And I've said quite a lot of things today. And I want you to Bring yourself before the Lord right now. You know exactly what's happening in your thought life. Nobody knows apart from you. So right now, I want you to bring your thoughts before the Lord. Especially those who are battling with their thoughts. Thoughts that may be given up on your own, on, on things that you're facing. You feel like giving up on them because you just don't know if there's a way out. Or thoughts of doing things that you know God does not approve of. If it's in that category, or if it's another category, I want you to pray and bring your thoughts before the Lord and ask the Lord to help you to have liberty in your mind. The Bible says, as I said before, that we can we should take captive every thought and bring it into obedience to the word of God so right now I want you to pray and bring every thought before the Lord the thoughts that you've been battling with the thoughts that you've been struggling with and bring them captive before the word of God so right now just pray in your own way just pray and bring them before the Lord right now thank you Father Hear the heart of your children. Father, hear the heart of your children this morning. 
Father, we yield our thoughts to you. We ask that you will cause us by your spirit to take every thought captive. Heavenly Father, we pray, oh God, and as I bring your people before you, I pray especially for those who are battling with thoughts that are contrary to your word. Thoughts that cause them to think, oh God, that Lord, that you will not hear their prayer. Thoughts that will cause them to think that they will not receive the answers to the things that they believe in you for. Thoughts of giving up. Father, right now I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will touch the minds of every individual, every person, oh God, who's been battling with their thoughts. Right now we bring them to the obedience of your Holy Spirit. I pray, oh God, that Lord, that you will bring liberty, oh God, to their mind. Come against every whisper of the evil one. I destroy every lie of the enemy. I pray, oh God, that you will cause every single one of us, oh God, to walk daily in victory concerning our thought life. To walk daily in victory concerning how we internalize things. And that every thought, oh God, that we receive, oh God, we leave it into your hands. And pray, oh God, that you will help us to walk and to live in victory concerning our thought life. So Father, I thank you. Touch your people this morning. Call them to be at liberty. Call them, oh God, to surrender all to you, oh God. So that we will walk in the victory that you've given to us. So Father, we thank you. We say, Lord God, touch your children. Lord God, cause them in their minds to be at peace. Thanks for making your prayers. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, if following this word you would want prayer um, for anything that I've prayed into, uh, you may want prayer um, even after service or, or so. Um, just to let you know from next week, we're going to start doing um, prayer rooms. So, how that will work is that we will um, find out who needs prayer. And then, if you stay on, online, we'll put you in a, another separate room. And then there'll be people that will pray with you. But that's going to start from next Sunday. Um, but for today, if you want prayer and for anything today, um, feel free to put information in the chat and leave your details. And I'll be happy to um, spend time praying with you. Also, we have the email address as well. Uh, that's also there, the infermedway.com. Um, so again, leave information on there and then we can come and pray with you. But God bless you. Um, I hope this word's uh, spoken to you and um, enjoy the rest of the service. Thank you.